0: And welcome to the latest edition of EdTech Today. I'm Kevin Hogan, your host, and with me today is Lupita Canetto.
1: Canetto, Canetto, Canetto. You got
0: it. Uh, Lupita and I have uh, known each other for a number of years. Uh, you've been with Seven Mindsets, which is a, a social emotional learning organization, since about 2017. But as we said before the recording. We've known each other from trade show floors from when you worked at uh, at Promethean and, and Apple and uh, even uh, electronic data systems, right?
1: Correct. Correct. Thank you. And, and uh, just a little bit before that, I actually started as a teacher as an educator myself and uh, did that for a couple of years. Is way harder than it looks. Yes. Um, so I got out of the classroom and I've been supporting teachers and students from different angles for my whole career. So glad to be here, Kevin. Thank
0: you. Uh, I I really appreciate your time. Uh, And one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show uh, had to do with the phrase social-emotional learning. Now, that's something that what I call BP, before the pandemic, (laughs) was a a pretty hot topic anyway, right? (laughs) It really seemed to have been something that was coming to the forefront uh, for districts and schools to think about when it comes to the education of the, of their students since the pandemic began we 're in dp during the pan- during the pandemic. Um, it has accelerated even more to mm-hmm. my conversations with educators is that that 's number one i mean especially in the spring, all that mattered the, the, the test didn 't matter, the curriculum didn 't matter it was about connecting and making students feel safe. So I'll assume, and I'll let you uh, get started and tell us a little bit about uh, Seven Mindsets, but this has been kind of like your moment, right?
1: It's, it's been incredible, And um, but i tell you what, this is something very natural for teachers. All teachers know it's about the relationship, it's about creating those connections with the students among the teachers in creating an environment that is safe, that is conducive for everybody to thrive. So we've kind of known that intuitively, but then there's so many things that happen in a day-to-day basis that pull teachers and administrators to do all these different pieces and it just became a lot. Uh, But you're right, this this pandemic has uh, put some light in how important these relationships are in where uh, maybe four or five years ago it was nice to have. It was supplemental curriculum. It was something to do Monday morning, almost like a check the box. We're doing it because we know it's good to not really understanding is foundational. Uh, You know, until we have those relationships and those connections in place, learning is not going to happen. So, so uh, I think we'll take this forward and uh, it will be beneficial for all, but yeah.
0: So we'll talk about last year uh, from a from a company perspective. Um, and so we're March 13th, school districts are coming to the realization that they're going to be closed down for two weeks, maybe, uh, not even thinking about the rest of the year, just something that was not fathomable. Um, and then two weeks later, that started hap- uh, started to become apparent. Um, how did that change your business? Talk, talk about those those initial moments when you saw that this was greater than anything that we've ever dealt with before?
1: It, it changed significantly. Um, we have a very strong curriculum and we have a very unique approach where we had traditionally started with professional development and started with the adults, with the teachers, with uh, the staff, with the administration. Uh, we knew that was foundational. Social emotional learning is not, it's not a program. It's not one more thing that gets taught. But it's something that gets incorporated. It's a lens into the the school system, into the school environment. So we have been functioning that way. And you're right, come March, we're like, oh, what's happening? And educators aren't really knowing what to do. And um, it became very apparent that these kinds of conversations um, were going to be the constant in a really – chaotic times. So if everything else is unsure, at least we know we have the social emotional component, we have the seven mindsets curriculum, we have the seven mindsets foundation and continue to do that. So fundamentally what we did as a company is um, our curriculum is so digital and it's in a portal, that um, it was closed for our customers to come in And we realized this is not the time (laughs) to figure out who can buy and who can do and how do we engage. This is the time to help. So we embraced our own, one of our mindsets that is live to to give. It was how can we help and really turn into how can we make this content available to everyone that needs it today, that can benefit from it. So uh, we opened the portal. Uh, Made it available to everyone. We created ways to share the lessons digitally, electronically, send it to schools, Uh, printable materials for those that couldn't even get to a, a portal or didn't have access to electronic or digital formats, and really made the content available to everyone. And our focus has been, regardless of what's happening, our mindsets are so important. Right, And in our program is based on all this research in what makes people um, happy and successful based on their own definition of success. It's not the background, it's not the family, it's not where they come from, it's not how much money they make, but it's really their mindset. So we work about setting this foundation on, on how to think that allows us to deal with the difficulties and the adverse, adverse situations, but providing the right mindset. So we make these resources available to as many schools, as many educators, as many parents as possible for them to benefit from this, for this content in these conversations. So um, we believe that they help in some way. Um, also um, inspire some educators to look at social emotional learning uh, differently. And uh, we've continued to have those conversations. But it was important at that moment to figure out how to help. And yep. that's what we did.
0: Now, was your model set up to uh, work in a remote setup already, or is that something that you had to transition
1: to? Well, um, it's um, our curriculum is all electronic already, so uh, it was just closed. So we opened it up and we made it available. Um, to make it easier for teachers. They could include it in their newsletter or they can put it into their LMS system rather than coming to our our portal. So we were pretty well set up already to enable that. Um, We had been working with um, uh, K-12 nationwide, So we had been supporting virtual environments for many years. So that was was the easy part, I'll say. Um, I think where we focused was how do we continue to reach the adults? How do we continue to, to feed and support and inspire and motivate the adults? We used to have a lot of uh, professional development, um, you know, um, days and, and on-site um, events, and that was not longer fis- feasible. Right. So really, what we, what we did um, was our team really focused on how can we deliver this content? How can we reach our educators? How can we continue to provide the support in a virtual setting? And um, as you know, it became very quickly that oh, one more Zoom meeting, <laughs> now more one you know meeting or, or I've zoomed out at this point. So um, I'm very proud of the team, and we really created something that was engaging, that was fun, that was um, energizing, that um, served well for for our community to continue to to support the the, the adults.
0: Because I'll, I'll assume another aspect that maybe wasn't part of your mission, or maybe it was, and you'll tell me this, but the fact that the teachers, the adults, the parents, uh, which maybe might not have been a part of the equation before, are all suffering this existential trauma from one degree to another, uh, to even to the point of food insecurity and Absolutely. trying to do their work and take care of their own students. Were was that part of the curriculum before? Uh, and if not, is, was that just another transition?
1: Let me share with you a little bit of, of the transition, because it's it's, um, it's the mindset in how we approach those pieces, right? It's not solving the particular problem, but it's how we think and then how we act based on based on the current situations. So let me give you a couple of examples of, of what we did pre and what, we, what we're doing right now, just, just as an example. But it definitely uh, starts with the adults, right? We, we know if they are okay, they will be okay with the students. So we were really focused on them but um, something unique about our program. It is about the mindsets. It's very intrinsic focused. It's allowing to have perspective differently than we would otherwise. So when we work with um, uh, pre-COVID, I would visit a lot of schools and I visited this one school here in Georgia and um, spoke with a teacher that said, you know, the, the seven mindsets have really transformed my life at a personal level. In the example that he gave me, is a year earlier, um, he was $20,000 in debt with his teacher salary and everything that he needed to do, and he didn't see a way forward. A couple of the key mindsets that help him, one is everything is possible, and we talk about act and adjust and just have a different view. Another mindset is 100% accountable, You know, own your decisions and, and, and move forward. And he said those two mindsets had such an impact on his life that a year later, here he is debt-free, moving forward with a plan that he never thought it was possible. So at that point, it's not about teaching the curriculum, it's not about completing the activities, but he had an inner drive to convey this mindset to his fourth graders so they have the tools to be successful. And it's super powerful because this is not, again, one more thing for the teachers to figure out how to fit into their schedule, but something that they adopt themselves personally and then share it with their students. So that was the conversations that we were having already. I'll fast forward to last week. Um, We did a couple of uh, trainings in uh, different places and we had this gentleman that after the training and it was a virtual training. Um, About you know an hour or so, and after the meeting, he said, "You know, I've been teaching for 25 years, and I have to tell you, wasn't looking forward to this training. (laughs) I didn't want to go to one more training. I've been there, done it, too much. But anyway, had to come here, and um, let me tell you, it's the best training that I've attended because it changed his perspective. Mm -hmm. He needed to hear some of this mindset and the ability that he has." To see things a little bit differently, so he went on into sharing why this mattered to him so much, and again at a personal level. And now he's prepared to share these experiences and these mindsets with his students. That's great. One more That's, thing from last week. Yeah. After we had one one other teacher um, send a note and said, um, you know, just want to share that um, she is going through chemotherapy right now, on top of everything else. Mm. And she said, you have no idea how much this training helped her to gain perspective and to apply this at a personal level. And again, our focus has been personal, intrinsic motivation, and then create an environment, create a culture in schools that allows us to live this mindset. Yeah. So it's very different than traditional curriculum.
0: Let me ask you about these dynamics that you're talking about uh, last week, which are being held like the way that we're talking right now, I'm assuming, right? Versus... This time last year, which maybe it would be at a school, right, or at some sort of place, and maybe there's 30 people in the room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's a there's a strange intimacy in communicating via Zoom, even if you have a larger group of people. Have you recognized a difference in that sort of communication with your own work? I know a lot of school district officials are vowing never to go back. <laughs> to back to school than back to school nights in person because they had successful events virtually, yeah. while well, one to one meetings with parents, uh, IEP meetings, um, uh, guidance counselor telehealth, mental health. You, you know they're finding that this dynamic takes away a lot of maybe some of the the power issues with a student going into a guidance counselor's office here is a kind of a level playing field. Have, have you recognized that in your own work?
1: Absolutely. And it, it is, it is very different and, and very challenging. And um, I believe there's no real replacement for an uh, in-person in, in a face-to-face, sure. <laughs> right? But given the circumstances, again, we act and adjust. And um, so we went on to designing an experience, that um, was very interactive and would take advantage of the technology that we didn't have otherwise, you know, prior to it. So, um, design something that is, that is very interactive, very engaging, but also just look at, you know, the, the setting. Um, in many cases, it gave us a view into the personal life of not just students, but the teachers, right? What's in the back wall, just a little bit of your pad kind of coming here. So it allows us deeper connection in a different way than we did before when we were in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So, so just, just taking that in. And from a technology perspective, it's been interesting um, how to, for example, engage on, on chat or peer discussions in an electronic way. And just like in a classroom, sometimes you have the quiet student, the shy student, that maybe didn't participate so much in class. We're seeing that we can create safe environments where teachers and students can feel comfortable sharing, and sometimes more than they would have done before in a chat. So a lot of what we did was created dynamics. So it's not one-on-one. You don't have a presenter talking or lecturing to the group, but really create the level of interactions where we have someone checking in the chat, putting in comments, creating activities, bringing in music, different dynamics to really create a different experience rather than try to duplicate what we would have done in person. That we had to adapt in a different way.
0: So let's go back to um, our earlier conversation about uh, before the pandemic and how social emotional learning was um, sometimes considered supplemental, right? Or even extracurricular. It was a, it was a nice to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that that's essential. Something else I remember from those times is that you would see certain schools within a district or certain districts, especially if they were smaller districts uh, and to be honest, maybe wealthier districts uh, who might consider it a luxury um, to to have this sort of thing? Th- th- there would be pockets of SEL innovation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, obviously, because of the pandemic, we see that the, the need for this is something that needs to be scaled, and it needs to be something that permeates every district at, at a certain extent. And it has, but uh, there are still. Hiccups and obstacles on the way to that happening. Can you talk a little bit about your mission to, I assume, scale these uh, these mindsets and this sensibility so that it can go from a single charter school with an energetic leader to a giant school district which is stuck in bureaucracy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I think the key is that it needs to be a very intentional. Uh, decision, a very specific focus to make this a priority, right? Because you're right, SEL, 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 but it can't be just about that. It can't be just about checking the box. But it, and I think that's what the pandemic has brought—an understanding that this is deeper. This is this is foundational. You know, this is a necessity. So um, we're we're doing a lot of things. that every school is at, at a different point. So we work very closely. We have our coaches that we partner with each school to start from where they are. You know, um, you can say the best way to to bring social emotional learning is through an integrated model that includes the professional development, that includes the curriculum, that includes the activities, the ongoing coaching, the curric- the uh, community. That's great, but some schools may not be able to start there. So if they can start with the teachers. We start there. If They can start with um, a couple of lessons. We start there. So it's really taking them into this journey, you know, and agreeing and the vision where we want to get and start working with them where they are, understanding that this is going to take time, intentionality, um, and, and just take them to the various steps from where they are. We work really close through schools to understand what are they experiencing? Where is the problem? Is it uh, morale? Is it teachers? Is it tardiness? Is it grades? Is it community involvement? And then really create a plan that allows them to incorporate these this concepts in a way that makes sense. Interesting. So it's not, I would say, it's not one program, one solution, one answer. This is the five steps, but it really needs to be customized to the environment um, of that school already.
0: Right. Now I knew that the the, uh, the toughest part of, of this podcast was going to be to stop talking because there's so much <laughs> to talk about to get together. But I do want to wrap it up by asking you, of a glass half full question um as we look towards the fall and what we can only hope is a new normal to where students are are back to back to work in person maybe some hybrid is sticking around maybe some students have decided to stay remote Uh, where would you like to see the state of play of social emotional learning in the in the in the near term and then ultimately, in, in the long term, if we look at this experience as kind of an acceleration of something that was already becoming popular.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's an excellent question. And I wish we had, this is the answer. This is the recommendation, right? But it is it's something very important to, to reflect on. Um, I, I do believe that we are having the conversations now. Um, so that whether the fall happens to be 100% face-to-face, virtual, or any hybrid model, to make sure that we understand a starting point and uh, recognize that teachers are exhausted, <laughs> you know, that they, they're caring so much. Principals are exhausted. Administrators are, are exhausted. So we can go on as business as usual or whatever near normal, but it's really going to require a very intentional focus to pour into the teachers and a lot of what I'm hearing I'm sure you're too Kevin is uh, the teachers feel that they're not doing enough that they're not good enough and, and, and they're doing so much in such wonderful things so we need to we need to work with them fill them back up knowing that they are enough they're doing a wonderful job and it's not just this positive, you know, toxic positivity, everything is great, but just really the, give them the tools, the mindset, and I think the time, intentional time to build these relationships, teacher to teacher, admin to teacher, student to student, parent, really intentionally take the time. There's some phenomenal principles who we were in a school of last week, where the principal has made a commitment to take half hour a day, to have a one-on-one conversation with the teachers, not about the work, not about where the metrics are, but are they doing okay? Is there something that they can help? How can they be working together? Are, you know, just just take that intentional time to make sure that we're okay. And I think that goes for. All of us. Yep. You know? and, and that's what I was sharing. I think I hope that um, out of all this chaos that we've had, that we come out from a, um, a more intentional focus in our humanity and our connections, in our relationship and in being there for one another and, and being more supportive and, and loving one another. And I do believe that the better times um, are to come.
0: Well, there's no better way to end the conversation with that. That wasn't even glass half full. That was like pretty much full up. So uh,
1: I I believe it. I'm seeing it. I I believe in educators. I believe in in what we're doing together. And I am very, very hopeful for the future. Kevin. Well, Lupita,
0: thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy. Uh, Your work has obviously always been important, but especially so now. Uh, I'm going to go sign up. I got my own personal (laughs) seven mindsets every morning before I get to get going. Um, I'll,
1: send you, I'll send you some material. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic! Fantastic! Any way that I can help, you know, any way that I can help in the future. But thank you so much, Kevin. This is great.
0: And thanks everyone for listening and watching. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan, and this is EdTech Today.